from days of long ago comes a legend. You have walked into the room of Fireback Radio. You can find us online at firebackradio.com. And of course, I'm your host, Brother Marquise. Welcome to the room. Today I wanted to do a little something different. You know, being that the world is on fire and everything else, but specifically here in the U.S., in the United States, uh, some of our fires are kind of built on built on the back of the perceived racism, the hatred that comes from a long line of folks who are basically fearful that the once downtrodden will rise to take their place. That fear goes so deep that the powers that be created laws and uh, and an environment that would make people of color struggle to achieve. So even though some of y'all may not see that, may not even believe it, that is true. You can take it from Brother Marquise. That is true. And if you don't want to take it from me, just just take it from me. Because, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. So through the generations of broken people and broken families, you know, we've come a long way as 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 black folks. I mean, just people in general, because not having electricity, that's hard on anybody. But if you were black in the United States, that's I, I don't even have to explain it to you. But today we can actually find our history and we're finding that and, and we can learn our culture instead of creating it on the fly. Uh, today, we can breathe for the most part. We can thrive for the most part. Our issue is, and this is just my opinion, is that we've never dealt with the pain of our past, which affects our present and future. If we're not careful. And again, if we're not careful, we're going to be here a hundred years from now talking about the same, talking about the same stuff, talking about the same stuff. And none of us want that failure to continue. We want to move forward. That's what we want. In order to get that motion, I've brought a guest on who might be able to take her pickaxe and crack that hard soil that we're planted in. This is all for growth and betterment of not just black people, but for everybody. When we come back, we have in the room Regina Diane, who's the author of the book Live Beyond Devastation from Pain to Purpose. Right here on Fireback Radio. Back in a moment. all over are looking for healthier options. My first recommendation is to visit naturalfrequencystore.com. That's where you will find healthier options from CBD to weight loss. These are patented wearable frequency technologies, so there are no messy drops or bad tasting concoctions. Everything is based on energy and frequency. So head on over to the Natural Frequency Store. That is naturalfrequencystore.com. Naturalfrequencystore.com. Today in the room, I have one of the world's leading money mindset and wealth strategists, 
who is also a best-selling author, whose book is entitled Live Beyond Devastation, From Pain to Purpose. We have the lovely Regina Diane. Regina, welcome to the room. Thank you so much, Marquise, for welcoming and um, the invitation to be here. I'm excited to be here with you and your audience. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Regina, I read your book and and the title alone was worth the interview. The title alone. Wow. And and that's actually why I reached out to you because I the title is all I read. And I was like, I got to I got to call her. So that's what's up. So I'm glad I'm glad you came on for sure. So so I wanted to know now, first of all, I was going to I was going to say this at the end, but I'm going to say it right now. Um, I read the book and I'm upset with you. Okay. I'm upset with you already. I'm upset. Tell me more about that. And and for those who haven't read the book or, or for those who have read the book, I'm sure you probably are upset, too. You just haven't said anything now. The reason why I'm upset was because it felt like I was, it felt like you left me at a cliffhanger. It was a cliffhanger moment <laughs> and the book ended and I was looking for, I'm like, where's the rest of my book? Because I was so, I got so deep in, I was so involved in it to where you were, you were very, it was, the book is very classy. It's very, it's very decent, but you wanted more because it was so rich with information for me anyway. And I wanted the rest of it. And I know, have you finished the book number two yet? It's, it's in progress. Just about done. Yeah. You know, it's just about done. You, you know what? I, <laughs> that, that means I did what I set out to do. You know, that's exactly kind of what I wanted in a sense. But when you think about when you're on a journey and you go through something, you know, if we read a book, you can read my beginning to my end, but in real life, it doesn't go that fast. So I wanted the readers to have time to process, like, right, like really feel into it and then connect with the devastation in your own life, right? Let's, let's get into that. Let's digest it. Let's connect with it. And then let's come back for more. <laughs> well, well, it, it, <laughs> it worked for me. I don't, you know. Because and, and 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 to be honest and to be honest with you, you got me. You got me because everything you said resonated with me because I've had certain things in my in my history um, that that happened to me when I was a child and, and as an adult. I, I lost my mom when I was 16. Um, I lost my firstborn. And man, you want to talk about I mean, you you hit those you hit those keys you were spot on. I, that, you know, and I, I just wanted to let you know you were everything you said was spot on. Oh, cool. That's, and it's cool in a way because I'm gonna say this: when you experience loss, like what we talk about, you know, losing a parent. I mean, losing a child, losing a spouse. When we talk about a significant loss, whether it was a job or a career, like it goes deep, and sometimes. Right. Sometimes people can do their best to comfort you, Mm -hmm. but nobody can tell me about that pain if you haven't walked that path. Absolutely. And so that's why I wanted this book, because sometimes we just feel like it's just us. We're just isolated on an island of seven billion people in the world. Right. And Mm -hmm. no one really knows. I mean, you may know a loss, you may know, but you don't know this loss. You don't know this path, right? And so I really, really wanted to connect with people who have had that type of grief, that type of loss to know, you know what? You're not alone. And if I found my way to the light, you can find your way too. I wish I would have run across this book when I was 16. Yeah. Because I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I cried. (laughs) I cried because it just, it... I don't, I don't, I don't even, you know, it, it maybe, maybe, yeah, I need to wait for book two because I haven't processed all of that emotion, but it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely there and it's still there, but to, but to read it and know that somebody else has gone through it, yeah. I, it, it, it actually, 
I don't know it what gives it gives hope, right? It yeah. gives hope, which is like one of my, my company, Hope Empowers, because that's just it. Hope is empowering, yeah. right? To know that, wow, somebody else did it and they're, they're out. Okay, there's a path, there's a way. And you said something so powerful in your opening when you said the pain of our past, right, can affect our future. And, and so many times, which is really why I wrote the book, so many times, like the deep despair, the deep hurt, these deep wounds that it's just like a physical wound. You know, sometimes how the outside will heal before the inside. And many times we go through life with these issues, these wounds, these these deep traumas. And we're just we're just healed on the outside, but not on the inside. And it keeps showing up. It shows up in our money or it shows up in our relationships. It shows up by us reduplicating the same trauma in our kids. Right. It shows up in failed marriages. It shows up in careers that we don't reach the success because of. A pain or a trauma or something we, we didn't deal with before. Yes, I concur 100%. And, and how like profound to like connect that back to a race of people, right? Like, like that's a whole nother, <laughs> that's a whole nother spectrum of a conversation we can get into, right? Like, right? Because those wounds have never been healed because there's never been any vindication from what our forefathers went through. You got people who are still like enraged. Yes. And that is is definitely a part of this conversation because you have you have your individuality on this on the surface. That's on French Street. Yeah. But all the music for me anyway, that's always playing in the background is is the is is what has carried over in in and through my family that came out of slavery or those slave times we still hear it and you know i was i was telling my son i was telling my son that some of us still have that you know the certain reasons why black people speak a certain way is because that was us not mastering the english language because we had such a strong dialect coming over here in the first place and it just kind of carried over generationally so we'll have a different dialect than than the English speaking people. And so, and so, you know, something, something so, so soft, like noticing that you speak differently than the other folks that comes from wherever you came from. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And so it, it takes a little effort to clean that up, but it serves as a reminder of where you came from. True. So true. So, so listen, you know, there's so much that's in my head right now. I can't even speak, but, (laughs) but, but let me, but let me ask you this. How, well, we'll, we'll start, we'll start with you because some folks may not know. How did you get started? I mean, what happened to you that, uh, you seemingly were removed from yourself so that you could see a larger picture of life and life's potential. What happened? Yeah, well, there there were two things I would say that were pretty big. One, I was I was just this very conscious kid. Number one, um, I remember growing up Montgomery, Alabama, and everything you hear about Montgomery, civil rights, oppression, all of that is true. Like I just grew up in that, and in families, there was a lot of turmoil. My family, my parents split up when I was younger, and just seeing, you know. Um, just people getting being stuck in the same pattern, whether it was health issues, whether it was, you know, disruption in relationships, no marriages were lasting. Um, people were financially struggling. And just, I just remember as a kid saying like, like there's gotta be more to life than this, right? Life has to, there has to be more. I had never seen more. I didn't, I didn't watch TV. So I didn't really know, but I just knew that there had to be more. And I wanted to find that more in life. And I knew that I wanted more out of life than what I had seen that was around me. So number one, I've always made a conscious decision. Like even, you know, as a young preteen that my life was going to be different and that I was going to make different choices. And so I would just, you know, look at the people around me and they made choices that took them down a path that I didn't want to go. I made sure not to make that choice. And so that's how it started. But um, number one, setting an intention Mm. right and my intention was to grow up not have to struggle for money 
um, to grow up and to have opportunity available to me to grow up and to experience like like true love, like not to have to have a lot of disruption, a lot of arguing and fighting. And like that was just kind of my dream as a beginning. And that's that really was the dream. Yeah. Right. If I accomplished that, you know, I was going to be happy. And so fast forward the story, you know, I went through college, uh, ended up um, moving 700 miles away from home, had a very good career decided I wanted to do something different, did that thing, found the love of my life, or, you know, I would say it was the love of my life at the time, um, you know, got married, eventually had some kids, and I was just really, really happy yeah. until, you know, life happened, as we say. You know, I remember, I remember very clearly, I was, um, it was eight years ago, I was 36 years old. I had a 15-month-old son and a four-and-a-half-year-old daughter. And at the peak of our marriage, um, we were just shy of eight years married. My husband um, went out for a swim as he was training for a half-ironman triathlon, and he never came home. Yeah. And um, I remember taking my kids to the lake to look for him. And I remember seeing the car. I remember seeing the towel. And I was like, okay, well, where is he? And I just thought he went missing. Um, a couple of hours, I called a friend and, you know, we were there and when she said someone might be in the lake, it was literally like I was in a twilight zone. The world around me started spinning and I looked at her and I said, what did you say? Oh. And it never occurred to me that he was in the lake. Wow. Like my mind just wouldn't even go there. I'm like, no, he, he in the lake. He's missing. He's not in the lake. Yeah. Right. And that night, cadaver dogs came and they went out on the water and they didn't tell me at the time. Right. I I, I have a sense of feeling that they actually picked up his scent, but they didn't tell me. Right. And when divers went in the next day and didn't find him, I said, "Do you see now? He's not in there. We're wasting time." And I remember getting upset. Yeah. We were on the news media. I was like, if you if you know anything, like I am advocating, if you know anything, if you've seen anything, like, because it never occurred to me that he was actually there. Wow. So talk about a very strong belief. Like all I could see is what I had dreamed and what I had imagined. And that's not something. That's a very strong belief. That's a very strong conviction. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so that was that second thing that happened to me in my life that no matter how smart I was, no matter how I waited for the, what I thought was the perfect guy to make a great decision, right? No matter how much we managed our money well, no matter how much we had the ideal family with kids and great jobs and had a, a wonderful life, no matter how much I had planned and did what I thought were the right things, how did I find myself? in the same devastating position. Wow. And that's, like you said, I, I, I found myself separated. And I know I'm not alone. I know there's many people who are listening to this and we we have a tendency to, you know, have the best laid plans in life. Yeah. But somehow we get derailed. You know, we have the best, um, we, we, we've projected the best possible outcomes, but somehow we still fall short. And the question is, is what do we do with that? Mm. That's right. right. That's right. Right. I, I like to describe that as, you know, being a vase shattered in millions of pieces, like some pieces you can't even pick up a piece. It's totally disintegrated. Mm. Right. I lost my breath. Like, and I don't and I don't say that lightly, like it really was hard to breathe. I, I can believe it. Yes. Right. And so what do you do when you're in that position? You know what? To To answer that question. That is because I remember my my situation, too. It is one of the most unreal situations because it literally takes you out of body. Yeah. And and I I swear to you. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I I swear to you. I felt like I could see myself because that's that's how crazy it was. At times, it felt like I was somewhere else looking at myself. Mm -hmm. And. I that there's there is really nothing that I can p- place my finger on. I haven't you know, I haven't really spoken to anybody to see if that was an actual out of body experience or not. But just so much swirling around my head, it events like that will take you away from yourself because you don't know what to do. There's there is no quick fix to an event 
that happens like that. There, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing that anybody can say to put a, you know, to put a bandaid on to make it better. So, yeah, so, yeah, totally. yeah so, and, you know, I'll, I'll say this and this is and what I'm about to say. This has nothing to do with religion. This is totally spiritual. This is not about organized religion. But if you think about the fact that and I think most people can agree on this, that we are a we're a spiritual being or we, we have a soul and mm-hmm. we're in a body. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And when you experience this, the out of body, it really is that it, it is like this infinite part of you, like the creator being you like that part of you that's like whoa wait a minute this right here like beam me up i'm out of here like and literally we can't the soul part of us right that that infinite part of us like yo like i'm out like i'm out yeah that truly is something that can happen like you you can just go that that body thing like i'm restricted think about it like the infinite some people say universe yeah. Think about the ocean, how big the ocean is. And we're trying to cram all of that into this little body, right? It's like, whoa, this is too much. Mm. This is too this too much. I'm out. Wow. And so that's sometimes what happens. It's like, okay, this is way too much to bear. Oh. Now the physical body is still there, but like the soul part of you, the spirit part of you is out. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. Because trauma happens. Here's the deal. So think about the soul part of you being the infinite part of you, right? The strongest part of you, like the source creator being the light part of you. And then we have this soul, whereas the mind, will, the emotions, that's where our feelings are. Mm-hmm. That's where the heart, that, that's where we feel in the, in the heart when we have trauma and loss. And then you just have a physical skin body, right? Right. And so when that trauma happens, it's like, whoa, right? Mm-hmm. But it is that soul part of us that has to be healed. Right. It's that soul part that has to get back to the infinite state of us. And I'll tell you, like, when I got that, that's when my life healed. And that is the true place that my past no longer hindered my future. Wow. Wow. I didn't even know we were going to go there today. <laughs> but that is that was the secret sauce to my true healing and that's really what you're going to kind of get a foreshadow of in book number two right well you so know what no i'm more, no more just surviving but it's truly how do i get back to thriving yes well i'm you know i'm I just you know when you get it text me shoot me an email <laughs> let me know i'm first on the list because i'm mad because i told you right now i'm mad with you because it wasn't there and i'm like where's the other book yeah. So. Yeah. So. And, and then too, I wanted to invite size palatable pieces. You know, not everybody will read a full book. You read the beginning, the end, not the middle. And so I figured if I made it really small, that everybody would get through the entire three books. Well, I'm not gonna lie. Like my my audience, they already know I'm ADHD positive. They already know. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 everybody's okay with that. And and this book was just the right size. <laughs> and it yeah. was. And it was, and it was just, it was just enough to make me want to get the next book. Yeah, exactly. And, exactly. and, and I, I could have done a whole novel and that, that would have been fine because what you're saying in this book is, like I said, it is spot on. I was probably, I was probably in tears from page seven all the way to the, till now, probably I'm not going to let anybody see me right now but um but but it because it struck it struck a chord with me and so yeah and so so anyway i i, I want to thank you for, for putting that out saying, yeah because I, I think what i wanted to do is i wanted to provide a safe space for people to feel cracked open right yeah. because we feel like we we can't be that vulnerable we feel like we can't touch that that part of our hurt we can't touch that part of our pain mm-hmm. right and, and so just being able to share the space to let me touch it. And what I did do in the book, though, was just enough to pull you back out, not to leave you in that space, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just enough to kind of pull you back forward, but allow you to touch it and feel like you were in the safe space, that you weren't alone, right? How many times do we go through life and we feel like, man, this is just me. I'm isolated. No one else feels this. No one else knows this. You know what? I, I will tell you. This is what I did. This is what I did when, when I was 16, my mom, she died of a heart attack, just, mm-hmm. just, just on an okie doke, just gone. 
I went to a park that overlooks the town and I just sat there and I looked at everybody on the highway just going back and forth and I said to myself, everybody's going somewhere. Nobody's stopping to acknowledge my pain. So it was one of those times where it was just like me and God. It was like, well, what am I supposed to do now? And, um, and yeah. And so I felt very alone. And so, yeah. So the only one I did speak to was God. I was like, man, this, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's, it's terrible. I wouldn't wish this on anybody, but man, I wish somebody would stop and mourn and mourn with me. And, and nobody did. You know what I'm saying? No, yeah. no, but I mean, you, and then you have the funeral and okay, that's a whole different, <laughs> that's a whole different process. And I think you mentioned something that about that in your book about when people roll up on you and, and ask you if, if, uh, what do you need or something like that? I, and I've had that happen to where somebody said, well, if I can do anything, let me know. And I said, Hey, just come to the funeral. They didn't even bother showing up. So that was my valuable lesson of, when things happen to people, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> right. Or, or if you, or if you say something, you need to back up what you're going to say. Right. Because yeah. at yeah. that moment, it is, it is a terrible situation. And if somebody, if you open yourself up to be called on and they call you, you better perform. Yeah. And it's better, yeah. it's best just not to say anything and just to just, I, I, I had a, I had a, I heard a, I heard a story one time where, um, a little girl, it might have been a little girl or a little boy, um, went, they were at the park and this little person sat with some, with, with an older woman. And when it was time for the girl to go, the mother who was watching her said something like, well, why did you go over there to sit with her? She said, I just wanted to cry with her. And, and a story like that is, it's, man, sometimes you just gotta, if you're gonna be there, just mourn with. Don't see, you don't have to say nothing. We all understand, you know? So, and, and that portion of your book, that's, you know, that's my experience. That spoke to me. So, so I just, so, and that's what I was saying. The things that you encountered, I encountered a lot of that stuff as well. So no. let mm, go ahead. No, I was actually about to interview a little bit, but uh, it's your show, so go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. Go ahead. Shoot your yeah, shot. So I, I would just say, so where you find yourself today, and you know the healing that you've been able to do, like what would you say are some of the parts that you still see that it impacts you? Oh well, here, here's the thing. My mother died two days after Christmas, mm. and my baby girl died on Christmas. So Christmas is not the time for me. Mm-hmm. And so I found, I think this Christmas is going to be a little different. It's still hard because mm-hmm. we have to, my wife and I, we have to go through, but, yeah. but we have to look at it as, you know, a celebration of life and we are here. So we might as well make the most of it. And yeah. And mm-hmm. the, yeah. And so the thing about that was just that, for me, she and I, we talk about it every now and again, every now and again, it, it just comes at me like a ton of bricks. And I find you've mentioned this too, where you find yourself repeating certain things and it brings you back around and that's happened to me. And I'm still in that cycle. I'm breaking that to right because I'm back on fireback radio. This is a part of that cycle that's being broken. But be, believe it or not, this is my, yeah. this is the break in the cycle. So, okay. awesome. yeah. So, and that's why I'm telling you, I, I loved your book. <laughs> loved it because everything was, like I said, everything was spot on and I'm looking forward to the next one. And my gosh, man. And, and I, and I'm mad. I'm, I didn't have this earlier. You know, twenty years yeah. ago, I wish I had it twenty years ago, because yeah. because now you know there is somebody else out there who's walking the walk, talking the talk, right. and not only that, uh, part of the reason why I have you on my show as well is because of your positive 
outlook because you have specific answers. And 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 right now in this country and around the world, people are in turmoil and they don't have any answers. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. this is why I brought you on, because you have a for me anyway, you hold a good piece of the answer. And part of that is in your attitude. Yes. And yes. and I yeah. and I told my I tell I got I got a young I got two boys. My youngest boy, he's he's always mad. He has no reason to be mad. He's just mad. He's a good kid. Mm-hmm. But I tell him that your attitude, especially when he gets upset, I say your attitude can make you or break you. So it doesn't matter which situation that you're in. You need to remember your attitude. Yeah. Because if you yeah. can keep your head up during turmoil, you keep a level head to a turn turmoil. You will not make a bad situation worse. Yeah. And and the same thing on the other side. I mean, but you have to that's a I think you that's a learned trait. You have to think about that being something that you train for, train to. Because it doesn't come naturally. <laughs> it doesn't come naturally for some people. And you know what? You're right. It's something that you grow into. So, um so let me just say I would say that, you know, that one thing no matter, and I'm going to start with my situation and we can come back to where we find our, um, us as a, a society today. Mm-hmm. You know, it all goes back to one thing. It goes back to choice. Right. Right. It's, it's, it's back to choice because I can remember when I first lost my husband, I was like, you know what? I could choose to be angry at God right now. Yeah. Right. I, I could choose that or I could choose to acknowledge and bask and hold on the fact that I actually experience unconditional love. I'm not saying our relationship was perfect, but it was an unconditional love. And not many people go through life ever experiencing that. Even though I had and I lost it, I experienced it. And so that was how I carried myself. I was like, I, I choose to hold on to this versus what I no longer have. So even in the society today to what's going on, it's a choice. What choice do you choose to stand on? Mm. Right. And so one of the things back then too, I told you we were on the news. I made a choice not to watch the news anymore. Right. Because of how they depicted the story. I saw very clearly, like they kept wanting to press me to get an emotional response. And I'm like, he ain't in the lake anyway. Why are you trying to make me cry? Like, he ain't in there. (laughs) But I saw how they constructed the news. And from that point forward, I was disgusted. So I want to ask your listeners a question. If you knew that the news was being constructed and presented in a way to control you, to continue to uh, ignite fear in you, why do we keep feeding off of it? Right. So it's just a choice. I'm not saying that you have to, you want to know the weather, you want to know the traffic. Okay. You, but make a choice, right. Mm. And just know that you live with a choice. And so one of the ways that everyone can begin to make a shift is by elevating. And I like to, I like to speak of it in terms of elevating your vibrational frequency, right. And we vibrate in anger and hate and disgust, or we've been wronged we're going to keep creating more of the same thing, right? That's correct. We're going to create, we're going to keep creating that same thing. Anger births more anger. Anger does not birth love and unity. Right. Right. So if we make a choice, like, and it's almost like, and I don't know, some, sometimes people will say, I want to be a teacher. I want to go into the education system and change it. Or I want to be a politician. I'm going to go into the system and change it. Well, like, how well has that worked so far? <laughs> right? All right. So let's focus on the thing that we can control or the thing that we can most influence, which is ourselves and our immediate proximity or the communities that we begin to create and build of like-minded people. So if we could just focus on elevating our own energy, if we can focus on vibrating at high frequency, if we can focus on embodying, and I'm going to say this and I say it loosely, but I'm going to go to another energy. If we can work on embodying love, I say that, but there's some people that don't even know what that really is. That's right. Right. But what if we can embody peace? What if we can embody joy? 
And what if from a a place of love or a place of fulfillment, we birthed other things? Tell it. Now, everyone that hears it, everyone that reads it, everyone who's in the proximity, they feel that vibration. Yes. Right? And so, whether it's getting your life back in track, so part of the subtitle of my book is From Pain to Purpose. I'd like to champion you and everyone who's listening because everyone's had some type of devastation. How is it that you can take that most painful experience of your life and turn it into something purposeful? Mm. There's always someone who has or is experiencing the same thing you did, and they're just looking for a life wrap. They're looking for a lighthouse. And by sometimes reaching back or sharing, you bring healing to yourself. I couldn't right? agree with you more. That's correct. Right? And so even in the pain of what Christmas brings to you, what kind of passion project or what type of mission can be birthed around Christmas? Because it's one of the most painful times for you. And this this is not like not going into the this is like like I think in my book I talk about feel the nasty. Like it's it's nasty, it's ugly. Just go into it. Like That's I call right. it the nasty. Right? Yes. Don't hide from it because it'll always pick your head up. Like I was mad I was mad at the fact that and can I be just totally transparent? Go I ahead. was mad at the fact that I pretty much waited. I wasn't a like a loose girl. I waited till I was married. I was twenty eight years old. And finally I can just roll over, live up a leg, and have intimate moments. And now at 36, I can't because my husband's gone. Like, I was mad about <laughs> I was mad about that. I was mad about having to raise my kids, and I never wanted to be a single parent. Yeah. Like, I was mad about that, right? And so, I don't even know why I went down that road. Uh, anyway, go into it. Like, right? <laughs> don't go. <laughs> like don't just try to make happy out of everything go into what's bothering you and what you don't like about it Yeah. because only from that place can you bring healing and I'm going to say this chances are whatever the hardest thing for us to get over right now this wasn't the first time right like I started experiencing death and loss when my grandparents died so I put a huge emphasis on health and wellness all my life because I saw that. Yes. So it wasn't my true healing didn't come from me just healing the devastating loss from my husband. I had to go back to the very first time I felt that. So if you're listening to this, and I'm also going to challenge you on this, Marquise, is when was the first time? And it may have been with your mom. It may have been before then. When was the first time you felt alone? <laughs> when was the first time you felt like someone wasn't there for you? And I'm going to tell you, a lot of these patterns and the first feelings are between zero and seven. Yeah, that's true. Right? And we have to go back to that original that original infraction. Because when we heal it from there, and we heal it all the way forward, we can look at a situation that doesn't have the same energy. So that's something that I do with my intuitive coaching, right? I help you find, okay, what is that block? When was the first time that you had that? And we heal it from the very first time all the way forward. And the result is life and unlimited abundance. Like life no longer hindered by that pain. Well, let me let me ask you a question. And this is this is a curveball here. Yeah, tell me. Who was who was your coach? I mean, I mean, uh, did you just happen to trip and hey, is a book open? I mean, how did you, how, how did you specifically hit, hit this tune that you're on? Yeah. So, and I wish I would have started much earlier in life, you mm. know, cause that's one thing that as an African-American uh, woman or just African-American period, I wasn't taught to invest into myself. Right. So in 2015, I knew that, um, you know, some things had to shift and change. Um, I knew that I needed to grow as a person. I knew I needed help. And so I found this community and it was my first personal development event that I had gone to. Um, and I remember saying, okay, you know what? I just don't feel like one event is going to be enough. And I never, I'll never forget. Um, I signed up for this event in like December of 2015. And I said, you know what, God, I said, I'm going to commit for one year, one year, whatever is offered, I'm going to take 
And the first time I went to this event, it was uh, January 16th, um, 2016. And I'll never forget the, the leader of this particular community. She stood up and she said, if you will just follow instructions, I guarantee you in one year, you will not recognize your life. And I walked away from that event, and in 10 days, I started not to recognize my life. In three weeks, I didn't recognize my life. In three months, in six months, in nine months, and for about two, two and a half years, I went to every event that was in this community until I grew and I was ready for the next thing. Um, I had started speaking, and I was ready to release my book, and then I found another community that could pour it to me. And I started going to these events, and I went to those events for a year. Um, and it just brought up more stuff until, um, I came to a point to where I was like, you know what, this has all been great. I've grown tremendously. And I found one person, um, that, that just offered me something that it resonated so deeply with me, with my soul self. And it was more, not just personal development, but it was spiritual healing. Mm. Right. right. So this very thing that I talk to you about when I say healing from the soul level, reconnecting me with my highest infinite self, the creator being self, like, and then knowing how to always tune in, how to fine tune it. And when something comes up, how to clear it. Right. Um, and that's when I really learned how to tune into my intuition, which was my soul self, right? My creator being self. And from that place, is where I create things, is where I manifest things, is where, is where I heal things. Um, and that was learning to train my intuition. So, um, yeah, so it's been a lot of work. It's a, it's a constant work. And I, I would say I work harder on myself than I do anything. Wow, that's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, let's go ahead and take a short break here, and we'll be back on Fireback Radio. More to come with Regina Diane. Hey girl, hey, it's your girl Alicia, the regular mama with the $5 drama, bringing you all things bling for any occasion. Shop 24-7 at goodgiftsboutique.us to find beautiful, budget-friendly, lead and nickel-free bling that makes both your heart and wallet sing. Then join me on Facebook in the Good Gifts Boutique VIP room, where this regular mama brings you all the $5 drama. People all over are looking for healthier options. My first recommendation is to visit naturalfrequencystore.com. That's where you will find healthier options from CBD to weight loss. These are patented, wearable frequency technologies. So there are no messy drops or bad tasting concoctions. Everything is based on energy and frequency. So head on over to the Natural Frequency Store. That is naturalfrequencystore.com. Naturalfrequencystore.com. This one's called Gauge Your Fear. Fear will move the mountains of men, driving them into the deepest depths of despair. If it is used properly, fear will cultivate cowards. Fear is used to control souls, lowering the spirit of life, where there is no hope, no savior, or no God. Fear, the control mechanism of those who seek power over people, the bully, the police, the government. Fear also challenges everyone to take the next step of action. Propaganda is used to guide fear into his unwitting prey, which is you and me. Fear is derailed with unpopular questions asked. Fear takes a complete U-turn when a population sees the puppet master behind the propaganda machine. Fear halts. When real knowledge is applied and solutions are formed and the people are re-empowered, fear, alongside with its masters, are arrested. Gauge your fear.
from days of long ago comes a legend. You have walked into the room of Fireback Radio. You can find us online at firebackradio.com. And of course, I'm your host, Brother Marquise. This is Brother Marquise, and we're talking with author Regina Diane. The title of her book is Live Beyond Devastation From Pain to Purpose. Now, Regina does a lot of things, and one of these is, is obviously she's a public speaker and she knows a thing or two about finance we're right now in this segment we're going to talk about finance we have about 10 minutes left on the show we want to hurry up and get to it i need to really just extend the show but uh i know she has other things she has to do so we'll just carry on how about it we're gonna change lanes here real quick now tell me about money money is not the end all be all obviously right yeah so how did you come about, uh, give me a little background on the financial part of the, that, of the financial literacy, because I know you strive for it. Yes, yes, yes. So like I said, it, that really originated, you know, as a kid as well, um, just, you know, seeing my parents struggle, my mom, as a single mom, struggling to provide for us, lights being turned off, you know, having to see with candles, you know, going to college and you know, boiling onion and water, making, you know, onion soup. Um, And I just remember, you know, a relative when I was in my early teens saying, hey, and this is not my my true maiden name, but hey, I'm a smith. We always been broke. We always going to be broke. And I just remember saying that's a lie. Yes. I wanted opportunities and I knew being financially sound was going to get me that. So, you know, went to college, became an engineer, got a great job, um, but I wasn't happy. I didn't feel fulfilled. And so, always learning about how to manage my money, how to invest my money, how to grow my money was always, you know, kind of an intent, you know, connecting with Robert Kiyosaki, which dad, poor dad in my early twenties. I bought my first home at 23. And so, um, and then of course, when I met my husband, even though I had all those amazing things, he had more cash money than I did, even though salary wise, you know, I had probably made a little bit more than him, but he managed it a lot better. So we came together and it just, we just really became this powerful team. Um, but shortly after losing my husband, you know, the financial security that we had accumulated, um, like for example, I had a full year salary when we got ready to have our family, I knew I wanted to be home part time. Yeah. And so we had saving an entire year salary. So we had some great practices. But um, after he passed away, I knew that financially, my kids were so young that I needed to, you know, really get my money working for me. Um, and so I, it resulted in me being embezzled. And because of that, another trauma again, I never again wanted to have to depend on someone to teach me or show me how to grow my money. Um, like I said, I'm an engineer by, by, by degree and I have a math degree. So numbers and systems are like, that's really, that comes really easy to me. And so uh, I started learning how to invest and I got really, really good at it. And what happened was people started looking at this widowed mom with these two young children living an amazing life. And it was like, how are you doing that? Right? And then slowly I just began to, you know, share what I did and mentor other people and, you know, that's kind of where I find myself today with an amazing, growing, thriving business to where I'm helping protect families. I'm helping teaching them and mentoring them on how to get their money working for them. But it all starts with the money mindset. Like, what's the purpose of money? Like, money isn't just to flash. Money creates memories, right? Money creates opportunity. Money creates choices. And when you understand the purpose of a thing, you don't abuse it. But when you don't right? When you have a different purpose for it, you might abuse a thing. Well said, well spoken. Listen, I know you got to go, but I I want to thank you for taking some time out of your day. Busy woman, of course. And and, and let me tell you, I want to be able to get at least maybe talk to you sometime off air, get you back on because I want to hit this finance issue. I want to, I want to dig deep into that. Now, I don't want to give, I want you to give away all your good stuff, but People need to understand about money, finance. They need to, just like you said, how to, how to you, you have to think about money differently. 
So yeah, yes, totally. Yes, and I'll leave you guys with this. I'll leave you with this in a couple of advice if it's okay with you. Absolutely, is that okay? Yeah. So one of the things I want you to think about, like money is seed. Okay, money is seed. Um, and now, if I gave you a handful of seeds right now, would you eat them? No. Right. Seeds are to be planted. Money is seed. Seeds are to be planted. When you plant the seeds, the seeds grow into an orchard, right? So just think about a field of trees or a field of grapes, right? And then from the trees, you pick off the fruit, and that's what you eat. Yes. So I'm just going to let you sit with that. Money is seed, and then also money is currency. It should flow in and out of your life. So if you're not a giver, right, money should easily flow in your life, and it should also easily flow out of your life. So those are two things that I want you to sit with from a um, – um, a mindset perspective and then I want to extend the invitation um, I'm putting together right now a Thrive Global Financial Summit and what that summit is to do is to really really support us as a nation like really globally I've got some of my partners all over the country all over the world from South Africa from um from Switzerland from Canada and also from right here in the U.S. really really just um helping us like just breathe some oxygen and how we can move forward financially and still thrive no matter what's going on around us. So that um, summit is going to be um, available in um, in um, January, and I'll give you the I'll give you the link that you can maybe put in the show notes Absolutely. that people can register for. And then also, um, much like you, I'll have a podcast that'll really kind of be dedicated toward um, life and finances and how can you build the life you love and, and some of those things that get in the way of what shows up in our money because sometimes it's not just about the money it's about the other stuff and it just shows up in our money so we're gonna we're gonna support and um you know talk to our audience about that starting in january 2021 Ooh, i can't wait i'm looking forward to it <laughs> thank you so am i pretty excited about it yes ma'am Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was Regina Diane, one of the world's leading money mindset and wealth strategists. She's an insurance specialist, a public speaker, and a number one best-selling author. That was Regina Diane, ladies and gentlemen. And you will hear more from her as the time goes on, I'm sure. I know I'm certainly looking forward to January where I might even be able to shake her hand. But listen, this is Brother Marquise. More to come on Fireback Radio. We will see you on the other side.